Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. life, the Christian life, especially when you're being led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So let, let me explain three types of people, and it's good to have context for your spiritual life and, and to understand even the people around you, and it will, it will help you. So the Bible tells us there are three kinds of people. Let's get through this, and then I'll get, and I'll get personal, and it'll be funny. Funny, but serious. Serious, but... The natural person, boom. Um, The first one, the first person on the planet is the natural person, good. Um, That is someone who has not received Christ. So the natural person, if you look at the diagram, very typical diagram, it's been used for a long time, meaning that person is self-directed. This chair is their ruling Place. It's like a, a place of authority. They are on that chair. They're ruling their life. All those dots within that circle are their choices and uh, their circumstances, their decisions, their actions, and they are sitting in a place of authority, and they will make the choice. They will make the choice of what needs to be done, which ends up in frustration a lot of the time. The cross meaning that Christ is on the outside of that life. Can you see that? Is that clear? So let's go to the reference. Let's go to the text. 1 Corinthians 2.14. A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised, mean judged, meaning that to understand it, to weigh it up, to understand they are appraised. So Uh, Why don't they understand why you come to church, why you give to God, why you worship, and and why stuff happens on God's terms? Um, It's because they're they're, they're natural. They're just using their natural mind. Two, there's a second person on the planet, and that's the spiritual person, one who is directed and empowered. Now, when I say directed, thank you, Rachel, When I say directed, that's an important reference to what I want to speak about in terms of my personal testimony at the end of this message. Directed and empowered, which is what C3 is all about. It's about being empowered by God's Spirit. Now, here we go. Little diagram, spiritual person. He's he's allowed Christ, cross, on the throne of his life, and, and he allows Christ to make decisions. He listens to to Christ through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit directs him. He listens to the voice of the Lord and he makes decisions. It's as simple as that. Self, yourself, is yielding to Jesus uh, and the person sees Jesus' influence and direction in their life. What's the, uh, what's the scripture reference? 1 Corinthians 2.15. He who is spiritual appraises all things. We have the mind of Christ. Can you say that? We have the mind of Christ. 
Now, the third one, this is a bit of a bummer, but I have to go there because it's true. The Bible speaks about the carnal person. This is the third person on the planet, one who has received Christ but who lives in defeat because he tries to live the Christian life but in his own strength, on his own terms. So you can see, he's allowed Christ into his life. There's the cross. He's allowed Christ into his life. But, aha, his self is on the seat of his throne. He is, wants to make the decisions. He will allow Christ into his life, but, hello, I need to make decisions. I've got big boy undies on. I know what's happening here. I know what to do. Thank you, Jesus. I, I believe in you. I, you know, I, I, I subscribe to you and I love you. But look, this is, this is my life and I need to make decisions. What's the reference for that? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 3 says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men. I hope we got the right version. Sorry, guys, if I haven't. But as to carnal men, as to babes in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food. For you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still carnal. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshy? And are you not walking like mere men? God, Christ, through the cross, has provided for us this abundant life, this adventurous life. I've been on a mad adventure since I got saved. But especially the last year, it's been crazy. Jesus said, I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what we want. We want you to come in to church on time with an abundance of faith. I tell you what, there's a key to this, guys. When you get faith, and when you get the Holy Spirit, you will run to church. I remember people running to church in the 80s. I remember people getting there a touch late in the car park, and you couldn't even say, hi. you know, you know, if you're dawdling, you go, yeah, hi, what's the footy like? Yeah, yeah, no, they are running. Oh, there goes Bill, he's off, man. So, yeah, we better go too. I can hear the worship. Church was so exciting because the novelty of a modern church like this was new in the 80s. There was the old style church and there was the new style like this. So everyone was intoxicated with this type of church. But now it's different. The novelty's worn off. Oh, yeah, we, we know you've got a band. That's, that's fine. Yeah, we know you're upbeat and you clap. Yeah, yeah, we're over that. That's all right. You've got coffee even. Who cares? Yeah, let's go to church. Yeah, come on, let's get there. Come on. Come on, kids. No, man, when you're filled with God and you've got faith, the Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit in you will just want to glorify Jesus. You can't help it. Your hands go up. Hands go. I'm not interested this morning. Sorry, the Holy Spirit, if you've got Christ on the throne of your life, the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, let's do this. We're ready to rock. Boom. Forget Bon Jovi and, and whoever where you get excited and all the sports stars. And This is for Jesus now. What compels you? It's the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit's job to glorify Jesus. Amen? Now, if you're lacking that enthusiasm, can I say this, that you may need to pull into the gas station of the Holy Ghost. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You've got to be close to Jesus. John 15, 5 says that. Galatians 5, 23. And this should be evident in our life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And this is where I want to get to at the end, but I'll say it now. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, even unto the remotest part of the earth, even, even Dubai, and even in every taxi that you jump in in Dubai, even though you may go to prison, the 12 taxis we caught, invariably, I couldn't help it, love compels me. So who are you, sir? Where do you come from? I'm from Bangladesh. Where's your family? In Bangladesh. What, how, how, how long do you drive this taxi for? Sir, I drive it for 14 hours a day. What do you do with the money? I send it to Bangladesh. When was the last time you saw your wife? Four years ago, sir. I could tell you that story over and over and over again. Manila, India, each taxi driver working in horrendous conditions and love compels us, well, to reach out and love these people. So the spiritual person, let's look at this, some spiritual traits, just to help us get a pragmatic understanding of spiritual traits which result from trusting God, and that's what God wants us to do. Uh, the spiritual person, Christ-centered, empowered by the Holy Spirit, introduces others to Christ, effective prayer life. I absolutely believe if your faith is functioning, that you will be compelled to pray. Yeah. You will be asking us, when is the next prayer meeting? Yeah. But if your faith is minimal... And, 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 and only just suggestive of, you know, that, that you believe in God and trust God, it doesn't work. You will not want to turn up to a prayer meeting. You will not want to pray. You won't want to pray for your friend who's sick. Pray for this matter. Pray for that. Faith is a consequence. Prayer is a consequence of faith. When, you, when you're energized with faith, you want to pray. Pray. Because you know your spoken word matters. Am I speaking to someone this morning? You just want it. So, understands God's word. This is the spiritual person. Trusts and obeys God. Experiences love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. They're the traits that are manifested in that person. Mm. Carnal person, unfortunately and there's many scriptures to go with this, could be, could be carnal because they are either misinformed, uninformed about how much they're forgiven through the cross. They're uninformed about how much God loves them and they are not pulling on the power of God. They're not plugged in. They're not subscribing to the power of God. And I could reel off a good many scriptures about that. Their life is up and down. They can't understand themselves. 
and they fail to draw on the Holy Spirit. For a matter of time, I can't go through the scriptures. The carnal person, some of the traits are like this. Unbelief, disobedience, poor, poor prayer life, no desire for Bible study, legalistic, legalistic attitude or critical spirit, impure thoughts, jealousy, frustration, aimlessness, worry, discouragement, loss of love for God and others. That, that's a real key, that you can get up close and personal to a taxi driver and be in that taxi. I know it's different for a woman, you know, you can't be familiar with a man and stuff, but you can do something. You can be just nice. <laughs> what did Francis Sissi say? Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. But I am compelled, more so when I get off the coast, to be way more evangelistic. And can I say, maybe the culture is just so good at dumbing us down, and familiarity allows us to, to live this life that is dumbed down. It's like when you go overseas or go on holidays, all of a sudden, there's new stimulus, there's new, this new environment makes you live again. I, it, it does that for me when I get overseas. I realize, oh my goodness, this is great, this is fun, this is an adventure. And so... The conclusion is, is that we need the Holy Spirit. You got saved through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The moment you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit. But some people don't want any more than that. The Bible says you are sealed by the Holy Spirit when you're saved. When you say, yes, Jesus, boom, the Holy Spirit's there. Like a little pilot light. Like a little pilot light. But you've got to give it more oxygen. You've got to give it more, more oxygen. So... And the only way to do that is through Bible study and being in communion with God and being close to Him. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes alive in your life. Uh, two key verses about the Holy Spirit. I'm quick-tracking this through because I want to get to... And you probably want to hear it too. But two key, two, two key verses that Paul talks about in allowing having direct communication direct communication, direct fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where the Spirit-filled church worldwide is different than just the evangelical church. The evangelical church will just believe the Word, the Word, and it doesn't, it doesn't want to really talk much about God speaking to us personally. Is that all right? Is that cool? Um, so you've got the Greek Orthodox. That's one movement. You've got the Catholics. Um, you've got the evangelicals, um, and then you've got the spirit-filled church, the Pentecostal church. We are a Pentecostal spirit-filled church. We believe in communing with God. Amen? Who's with me on that? Amen. Who believes that they hear God? They're standing on the beach. They're hugging a tree. I don't know how you do it, but you know, you know what I mean? You, you, some, people get, well, some people worship God through bushwalking. I do. I just love it. Oh, look at this. this is all. Some people are more cognitive. They, they need to be more serious about it. Some people receive the communion of the Holy Spirit. However you do it, do it. Amen? Do it. Because the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, Paul says. Then he says in Philippians 2.1, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit. So we're communing and we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Are you doing that? Are you into that sort of stuff? Are you doing that? Let's do this one. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, And by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. Can you just take that, write it down? Just stop there. Don't read the rest of the scripture. I'm not, not trying to make a point of that. His grace to me was not without effect. Every one of us have grace being beamed to us. You have grace. You are receiving grace. You are living in grace land right now. Not where Elvis comes from. Grace. God's grace. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God's grace is working in you to fulfill his good purpose. I'm getting somewhere where this is gonna this is gonna build a case for me to spring off. For it will not be you, a Matthew 10:20 says, for it will not be you speaking to the taxi driver. But the spirit of your father speaking through you to your workmate, to your friend, to your family member, extended family. When we get saved, here it is, you are reconciled to God. Is that true? In actual fact, we long for unity because our creator placed the desire, placed it in our hearts for unity. We want unity. When we started this church, we had a desire to unite the 100 churches on the Central Coast. Thinking about it, it was ridiculous to unite all, but we gave it a shot, didn't we, Frank? 100 churches, yeah, let's pray, let's meet together and pray for each other because we're our brother's keeper and we love each other, don't we, guys? No. We don't totally like and love each other. We have difference of opinions and... And uh, to be honest, we're just trying to look after our own lot in life. And instead of, someone said to me, <laughs> love thy neighbor, but keep up the hedges. I like that. Actually, I actually like that. <laughs> I have a couple of neighbors and I'm keen to keep the hedges up. Sin entered the world. You know the story. Disunity followed. Conflict between Adam and Eve. Then conflict between Cain and Abel. And then it spiraled all through history. And now we got North Korea at enmity against the whole world. And this church could be filled by next week. If, if something happens with North Korea, man, you know, everybody will be on time. What happened? Oh, North Korea. Oh, wow. That's one way to, to get revival. But God wants unity. I look at North Korea, man, I get a bit of angst by them. But then the Holy Spirit says, come on, brother, you got to love them. you got to wish for their best. Those poor people, they deserve salvation. Jesus died for them. We're still wondering, those generals, they wear so many medals, 
They haven't been in a war for 60 years, but they've got medals, literally 100 medals on the general's coats. They reckon we can, over, we, we can beat them just by providing a big magnet. <laughs> I don't know if they're mocking our medal, medal system worldwide, but they literally have medals right down to their knees. Have you seen that, Lou? <laughs> it's crazy. Are they mocking us? They probably are. When Jesus entered the world to end the conflict, but Jesus entered the world to end the conflict, to restore unity between God and sinners. When you look at Paul's letter the first, uh, to the first century church, he used the term reconciliation, which means bring back to a former state of harmony. Christ, through the cross, has provided a way for reconciliation. Okay, I'm here now. We got saved through the powerful act of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Mankind was separated from God. Is that right? Christ died on the cross. We believed in the sacrifice. The blood was shed and our sins are forgiving. Even yet, while we were sinners, he died for us. Even yet, while North Korea is doing crazy stuff, Christ died for them. His love is amazing. You can be an absolute rat bag, and he has poured out his absolute guts, blood, sweat, for the joy that was set before him. He devalued the torture and he valued what he saw at the end of it, which was us and his children being saved Amen. to give him glory. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm getting into my message about values. But the spirit of reconciliation, whoa, let me just go there quickly. Because the Bible says the ministry of reconciliation. It talks about in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. So when we get saved, you're a new creature in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. The Bible says thereafter, very shortly after that passage, that we receive the ministry of reconciliation. Stay with me. And it says that we are Christ's ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is someone that goes to another country with a foreign policy, with their own policy, and says, look, this is our policy. This is who we represent. This is what we represent. Is that right? In fact, God has commissioned each of us to share with others this amazing love and this amazing peace. That we have to need to understand that each one of us play a part in moving someone closer in and around our life through the grace that has an amazing effect on our life, whether it be at work, at play, on the train, on the bus, wherever you are overseas. Whoever you come into contact with, the ministry of reconciliation will want to have its effect to move that person closer through the cross unto Jesus. Is that right? 
To move people toward a reconciled relationship with God may seem a daunting task, especially when they're your siblings and your extended family. Especially in our postmodern culture that exalts moral relativism and disdains absolute truth. But as Paul told the Corinthians, we must open wide our hearts, allowing God's compelling love to flow through to others. 2 Corinthians 5.14 and 6.11. Christ's love compels us to open our heart and speak to the taxi driver, to speak to that neighbor. Now, there's, there's ways to do this. There's sensible ways to do it. I'll, I'll give you some pragmatic ways. You must let your neighbor know or your workmate know that at least that you are a Christian, not a secret agent Christian. Not like Mr. and Mrs. Smith who live across the street and we don't know what they do, but they are spies or something. Are you getting this imagery? They must know that you are getting up and going to church. That, in fact, that is a Bible in your hand, not just a phone. They must know that on Facebook that you are a Christian. That when you have something to give glory to God about, that, in fact, that you would put it up on the public space of Facebook to say, my God, my child was sick, and now they're well. Glory to God. Woo, didn't know they were a Christian. Yeah, they've been a Christian 20 years. But they got a little bit excited and a little bit persuaded to go public about it. It is a tough time to go public for Jesus at the moment. You're going to cop some flack. But you're no better than Jesus. He copped all the flack. And if you're trying to dumb this down... And, and, and assimilate into the culture. I'm assimilating. I'm assimilating. Yes, I'm here. I'm a Central Coast person. I'm an easygoing, loving, peaceful type of person. You won't get any, you won't get any shock proclamations from me. I will be very calm, cool, collected, Self-control, you know, patience, peace, joy, love. But if you're doing that and no one knows that Christ is the reason for that, that is a waste of a day. You've got to let out a syllable at least. Of the scripture, he will take that seed if they receive it. One of our dentists, not Bree, told me a story. He was at a dentist convention, and this dentist on the Central Coast, who some of you know, he said something in the, in the, in the dentist conference, and this man from Asia realized he was a Christian and went up to him in the lunch break and said, Sir, you're a Christian, he, he said, Yes, I am. He said, um, can, you, can you tell me exactly what you were trying to say? He quoted one scripture to him. And the eyes 
I mean, the, the tears began to fall down his eyes, his face. and his, it's, What was that? That was the scripture. Just, just the scripture that will not return void. The ministry of reconciliation. We're an ambassador. My dad died. Okay, give me five minutes. My dad died last December, cleaning out his house. And I'd already been to Wales, all right? I'd already done my journey for the first time back to Wales. I was born there in 1958, left when I was three months old. And boat ride, 10 pound quid, migrants, landed in the western suburbs of Sydney, two hostels, dad built his own house. And mum was always harping on about Wales, rolling hills, bubbling brooks, castles, Roman ruins, um, thousand year old monastery. She used to go to school near a thousand year old monastery. We're sort of Aussie kids growing up thinking she's very imaginative, very imaginative. We used to just almost speak to the hand, mum. We have no context for what you're talking about. Growing up in, in Australia, Australia, mate. <laughs> My dad, for some reason, didn't give much credence that, that we even came from Wales. And we realised later that, unfortunately, his dad died when he was 10, uh, fell off the docks at Newport. Stepdad came in, very heavy-handed. He left uh, home early, uh, joined the Air Force way too young, went into the Air Force World War II for eight years just to escape home life. And uh, found my mum, the little country princess, and married her, basically stole her out of a very close family. And uh, in those days, you were supposed to ask for the hand in marriage, but they didn't approve of Dad. He was a city slicker. My mum was a country girl. And um, so they had me, and uh, he said, no, we need to go to Australia. I've been there in 1947. It's got plenty of opportunity. We can make a go of it there. This weather is horrible. Dad didn't like the weather in Wales. And, but he was basically, we realised only a couple of years ago, that he was escaping probably Wales and and uh, and all that all the, heart, the 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 traumas that that it represented for him. He lost people in the he lost his local mates in the war. Guys he knows by name, even to you know the last days of his life he knew their names. So it represented a lot of stuff that he just didn't even say to us. You're Welsh, you know you should know this. But my mum was trying to unpack it. But a lot of your identity comes from your father. Amen. So dad's, so just roll some of uh, those photos because my time's gone. So I went back there last, um, boom, just stop there. I, I went back there last, uh, last year and I met my auntie for the first time. That's my mum's sister. And because uh, I realized, oh, my mum's passed away, but ha, she has two sisters. Unfortunately, one was um, in a hospital languishing in respite, and uh, the other one was okay. And uh, so I got to see Margaret, and it was, I couldn't believe it. She was the 
blonde head version, and it didn't even look like my mum. So that was a bit of a shock. But as I looked into her eyes, ah, you are my mum's sister. But um, just, just go back, just go back to that. And I've got to explain this. So this time around, okay, let's just, just pause it there. So my dad died in December. I said to the siblings, who I haven't really had much time with them. I left home when I was about 16, and uh, I basically left them for dead as the older brother. It's a pitiful story, really. But it was the roaring 70s, and uh, I was out, out of there, uh, living the life of uh, just randomness. And um, unfortunately, I only just found out, uh, I left them to uh, fend for themselves, which caused a lot of drama. The, the older brother should have been there, governing, helping, lending advice and stuff. So I'd left home. And, and that was it. We all went our own ways. Uh, and uh, until our dad died um, in December, and I, I sat down with him. I just, when I said in that scripture, the Holy Spirit directs you, leads you to do stuff that you're not quite comfortable to do sometimes. But I really felt that I needed to get my two brothers there who were born in Australia, weren't born in Wales, but born in Australia, and my sister, uh, she'd already been there, but... I said to all of them, how about, with the estate that we were to receive, how about, would you, I had a vision, in fact, that we'd all go there and do a heritage tour for a week. And they really wrestled over it. And I said to my youngest brother, I said, in fact, you should bring your son, who's a 14-year-old lad, great young man. I said, you should bring him, because he's very Welsh. And he goes, so my two brothers had no reference whatsoever, no reality check of even themselves being Welsh. You getting this? They did, but I knew God was compelling me. I was being compelled by the love of God to reach out to my siblings and, and say, look, this is going to cause a healing amongst us. Uh, this is what mum and dad would want um, in their right minds. I know my mum would. My dad, he was, you know, he would have said yes, and, uh, and, I, and I thought, no, we need to do this. We need to go back and do a heritage tour, and we need to honor where... So that is my grandmother's country house, and uh, we stood at the gate, and a young man came out. He's just bought it, and he said, come on in. So we went through. That is the fireplace where my grandmother, who was born in 1903 or something, uh, that's where she used to warm herself. This uh, corner photo up here... This man here is my cousin. That's my um, dad's sister's son, the, the man in the jacket there. He's actually leading us. He has a bag with ashes of my dad's sister. He's kept those ashes for a year and a half. And I don't know this guy, but his name's um, Richard John Hopkins. He is the bass player for a band called Blonde on Blonde, who was a famous uh, Welsh band in the late 60s. They performed at the Isle of Wight. They went on before The Who. Bob Dylan was there. He's actually talked to Jimi Hendrix. He was actually going out with Chrissy Hind out of The Pretenders. Don't tell anyone that. Uh, Chrissy won't be happy if she finds out. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. But he was um, a real spunk in his day, apparently. But there he is. There's us. There's all the family members. Spirit of reconciliation. And he says, hang on, you're a minister, aren't you? Can you say a few words? And I says, absolutely, I can say a few words. So... We went down to where she used to play, uh, his mother used to play around the stream. We threw the ashes out. I said a few words. So 
I got to honor my, my dad's sister and, and help, you know, do the, do the, the memorial service. And um, this one down in the corner, that's us standing at a tree uh, where my eldest sister died at six weeks old with a hole in her heart. Now, this is all, get this, spirit of reconciliation, guys. This is all the siblings now standing at the tree where my dad literally walked a little box down the, the pathway, buried it under an oak tree near this church. And uh, now this is her, her brothers and sister all standing all those years later. She died in 1956. And now we're spirit of reconciliation, guys. So just move through these. So the castle's mum was talking about were true. <laughs> One day you're going to say, Pastor Phil used to say this and say that. Oh, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it's true. There is a heaven, there is a hell, there is a God. And uh, my mum used to say all this stuff about Romans, and I go, Mum, come on, give us a break. You know, we'll write some books if you have to, but roll through, yep. These are the, the, the my, um, both sides of my mum's side were fa uh, landowners, uh, landowners, both sides were landowners, and I just had to stand on the land, we got an Airbnb out in the country, through the country lanes, and I just had to stand there and absorb what my mum was talking about all those years ago, and I went, oh my God, she's, she was right, she was right, this is my heritage, this is what... She was trying to pass down to me, and I fobbed her off as a tough Aussie kid, you know, and uh, rolling through. This is some of the siblings gathering for meal, moving, yep, next. Uh, this is my cousin I met for the first time, Sonia Oldfield, and uh, it was just surreal meeting these people. You're so, okay, guys, get this. I never grew up with any relatives. So when the Aussie kids would come to school, say, oh, I went to my uncle's place on the weekend or my grandfather's place on the weekend. I go, so what? What's a grandfather? What's an auntie? What's an uncle? Who cares? I don't care about that. I got nothing, zilch, nothing. I had not one relative in Australia growing up. So I'm meeting my, my this is us now at the table and they're freaking out. We're, I'm freaking out. <laughs> We're crying, they're crying. And, uh, and, and the spirit of reconciliation. In fact, we were reaching out to these family members and we didn't think some of them would come, but one of the guys doesn't even leave his house. He's uh, a, a lovely man, but he's had some traumas in his life and he, he said, no, he will never come out. Walked into the pub and there he was standing at the bar and I said, you're so-and-so, aren't you? Yes, uh, yes, I don't think anyone else is here. No, that's Martin. He said, what, Martin? My other cousin was standing two meters away from me on the other side of the bar. He didn't even know. And he said, that's our other cousin. That's, that's, that's the, the, Ian. That's Ian Miles. That, he went, the spirit of reconciliation was joining the family members that were living in proximity, like a two, three mile proximity to each other. The spirit of reconciliation that's in you, that's in I, was joining these family members together and, and one of the family members said, I do not believe that he came out. We haven't seen him for years, years. And he came all right and he was so touched. Um, move it, yeah, that's the church door where we, my mum and dad were married. We actually have a photo in 1956 of my folks 
standing at that door, so we all took a little bit of a photo there at the door. That's my brother, who I got to know again. That's my youngest brother, who I got to know, and his um, son, and my sister. That's the tree where, where my elder sister is buried. And, and this is the... Uh, these are all my family. I've got family, guys. <laughs> this is amazing. I could tell you who they are, but this is at the spreading of the ashes. That's, yeah, moving on, moving on. And uh, meals, yeah, lots of meals, lots of meals. Standing at, this is the church where all our relatives are, are, are born, uh, are buried, born, buried. Uh, the last one in 1890. I have a, a, a gr- not only a grandfather buried in this church site, but a great-grandfather Great great grandfather. I have three generations. I, n- I didn't even have a grandfather at one moment. Now I've got three, and I'm looking at them in the same cemetery, church cemetery. So there's all the siblings. That's us united. We're looking down at, at Nora's uh, grave there, and uh, just getting. And this one here, they've had to move. All these ones have been displaced, and we found some of our family members from the again the 17th century. I'm going. 17th century, 1760 or something like that. I'm going, hang on, there's my mum in the little photo down below with her sisters and mother. Their father died, tragic bus accident. Their father died when my mum was about 14. So she had her own traumas and, and uh, yeah, yeah, move it through. That's my cousin. <laughs> that's, that's Martin, another cousin. That, and, ah, uh, oh! and lastly... This is, the, this is my other mum's sister who we thought they weren't going to let us see us, let, let us see her. And at the last moment, they said, yes, yeah, you can see her. We think she may be all right. And she does look like my mum. And that really totaled us. That really, that really got us because she actually does. She's um, in respite. And she was crying. We're crying. So that's my mum's sister. Never met her. Last time she saw me was 1958 at Newport Railway Station, and I'm looking her in the eye. It's me, Philip. She says, "Yeah, I know." That's Ian, Ian, and uh, Sandra, both first cousins. And boom, that's me doing the the ashes here. And I said, he couldn't believe it. He said, "I don't believe this. This is amazing." Can we run the video? Lastly, I, I think this is important. Back it up. Back it up. So this is Richard, <laughs> this is Richard um, John Hopkins, and he says to me, after the Spring the Ashes memorial service, and uh, he says, you know what, man, that was touching, that was amazing. And he said something to me, I said, no, no, I've got to record this, say it again, say it again. So I'm recording him. Say it again. If, now back it up, back it up. If you, you said, now back it up. Say it again. If Philip Oldfield. Right. I'm on camera. Philip Oldfield. If you had a church here in Wales, I would take up religion again. Right. That is my reference to you. Right, fantastic. That's all it may concern. Because what happened? You fell out of years ago in the 60s. Well, things happened when I was 16 that made me not believe in religion. Right, right. And then yeah. some years after that, I took up a different religion. Right. Rugby union. Right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Richard. Hopkins, appreciate that. Thank you. He actually said, 
what are we going to do when you guys leave? What are, you, what are we going to do? This, you've changed our lives. So let's all stand on this. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.